Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. Bezitz Hashem, Shalom Bayis, Shir number 59. Uh, email address, shalombayis777 at gmail.com. We're discussing about how you need to be strong in your marriage when you leave your home. And you have to identify yourself in your brain, in your subconscious, and externally as a married person. And that is a big shmira. That applies to religious, non-religious alike. It's very important to keep a certain boundary when you're interacting with the opposite gender. Even people you may come to contact on a daily basis, like neighbors, like in a bungalow colony in the summer, like friends, people you may meet when you drop off your kids at school or waiting for a bus or meeting at a local grocery store, or the people you work with. And yes, it's necessary to interact with all of them, but we need to be careful and know how and, you know, in what way to do that with a healthy boundary. Texting is a problem. You cannot text each other, workmates of opposite genders, to text. Many, many extramarital affairs Many emotional affairs that eventually became sexual affairs starts out innocently with private texting. You start out business-like, you know, talking about business. It evolves into flirtation. And then before you know it, there becomes a connection, an emotional connection. And an inappropriate relationship is born and the solution is to add your spouse to that text or block your coworker, you know outside work from texting whatever you can do to be on guard no matter how weird it feels don't be afraid to feel weird your life comes first and you need to do this uh, and overcome whatever weird feelings or not cool feelings you have about doing things like this when it's protecting your life, it's protecting your marriage, and it's protecting your happiness. And people make fun of those type of gar- guidelines and behaviors these days. It's not archaic. It's not old-fashioned. It's actually very wise and good advice, and that's something to know. Another thing also, a yesaid here, that excessive secretness breeds mistrust. So a general klal is, by the way, that um, if you are having text, private texting and private conversations with the opposite gender that you know you'd feel uncomfortable with your wife there or your husband there, then you know that there's something uh, not right. And you should realize this yourself and take your necessary precautions. Also, a general klal, like I just said, if you're in a conversation with somebody in the opposite with the opposite sex, opposite gender, and you know that your husband and wife listening in would be uncomfortable, or you would be uncomfortable with them listening in, then most likely you need to walk away from such a conversation. And um, we have to be careful with this. Um, Don't just say, I can handle it. What's the big deal? It's only a friendship. 
very often friendships uh, lead to these things, and it's com- and, and it and it's and it's very very uh, common. Um, you know, people say that that concept is dumb. Like, why can't I have if I'm a male or female friend after marriage, or a woman? Why can't I have a male friend after marriage? But again, I'm going to say this, and I would say this strongly. Religious, not religious, not Jewish. It's statistically true, and real life shows that, generally speaking, deep friendships of such nature leads to infidelity, period. It's not the right philosophy, and it's not a right-wrong philosophy. It's an observation on real life. It happens all too often. doesn't always end that way. That's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, it often ends up that way. And one of the warning signs, like I mentioned, if you're dressing in the morning and you think and you're hoping this other person that you're going to meet at work today notices you and you're dressing to impress somebody other than your husband or other than your wife, then know you're in a danger zone. Even if you rationalize yourself, you know, my husband is ignoring the way I look. My wife doesn't care. Um, that at least this person at work does care about me. My wife and husband doesn't. You just got into a fight with them or they're neglecting you. There are ways to handle that neglect, which we're going to talk about. But this is not the way. To seek other attention outside is not good. And, um, you know... This idea, my husband doesn't spend time with me, that my husband doesn't have quality time with me, that my husband doesn't value me, unless at least I have somebody at work that treats me with respect and with you, you know, with, with a, uh, uh, you know, but generally speaking, it doesn't end up well. Don't go to your quote unquote friend that's in the opposite gender and, um, get respect from them or empathy from them and certainly don't talk to them about your marriage. If you need to talk about your marriage, you find somebody with the same gender. It could be somebody who respects and knows both of you for real and they're a straight person and they love Hashem and they respect marriage and they're responsible. So they have to love you. They have to be of your gender. They have to love, respect your marriage and your husband or your wife, they have to love Hashem and love the concept of marriage, and that's the person you talk to. But if it's someone from the opposite gender, it's usually an issue to talk about your marriage, especially someone at work or someone, because the ultimate thing is they're going to say, you know, your wife doesn't care about you, but I do. Your husband doesn't care about you, but I do. That's the next step that usually happens, by the way. Like clockwork. Like clockwork, it's not so complicated. Human nature, in this sense, they behave complicatedly, but it's not complicated at all. So you have to have that special shmira. There's no question about it. And um, you just have to be careful. And these types of steps that we talked about here could avoid cholila infidelity. And... um, you need to know 
we're going to talk about it. We're going to start talking about it now, and we'll continue in the next year about what happens if infidelity already took place. That's one of the most painful things in a marriage. There are many success stories, Baruch Hashem, of marriages that recovered from it, and it's also not reversible. It could be fixed, and not only fixed, it could really be stronger than ever, even after infidelity. But the bottom line is, though, is that the pain and suffering occurred and felt by the victim, by the innocent one, of the one that was cheated upon, that pain cannot be underestimated. Yes, there is healing, and yes, there is a bond that created after tshuva, and that could be stronger than before, but the pain and suffering that the hurt party went through cannot be underestimated. And the one who fell and hurt their partner needs to know that. That's the only way you can start a healing process is when you realize you can't make excuses. Your spouse did not handle this right, did not handle that right, did, need, did not fill your needs with this, did not fill your needs with that. Even if there's some truth with some of those arguments, you have to throw it out the window and take responsibility for what you did. Recognize that what you did is wrong, and that's the only way to start the healing process. You have to accept that responsibility that you hurt your spouse terribly and they did not deserve it. And um, you have to learn how to overcome the game blame, the blame game, and accept your wrongdoing with a humility. And that's step number one. Before that, nothing can start. We will continue, Be'ezus Hashem, in the upcoming share.